Welcome to the post-message vodcast. We're excited to be with you as we continue in our series, God Talk 2.0. This week around the table, we've got me, Ryan, and here we've got Josh, Jameson, I'm John, and I'm Heather. And we're going to be diving into a conversation, unpacking a little bit of what we talked about this weekend and some thoughts regarding the message and hopefully uh, provide you with uh, some things to think about and continue on your journey of learning and growing as you pursue Jesus. So, John, why don't you give us just a recap of what you talked about this weekend? Sure. Well, first of all, let me say, Heather is our head of communication. Too, oh, so yeah. If you're not used to seeing her face on the stage. So, <laughs> uh, but she's super-de-duper smart, and that's why we've asked her to sit here and chat with us today. Uh, yeah, so this weekend we looked at different what we called archetypes uh, throughout Scripture, uh, different personalities, different styles of communication, And we talked about God giving us the freedom to be able to uh, dig deep into um, how he has built us, how he has made us, uh, all of our likes, all of our personalities, uh, all of our quirks. God wants to use those, uh, not only so we can uh, feel great about the person that he's created us to be uh, and get in touch with our inner snowflake or something, (laughs) but... But for uh, God to be able to uh, leverage that, to be able to have sure. conversation with people as we uh, seek to understand them better uh, and get to know ourselves better, them better, and God better in the process as we have God talk conversation. Yeah, yeah and in the message you talked about the 10 archetypes, which was a lot, lots to process, lots to cover. And I'm more curious about what you identified as in a little bit deeper of a level. So you said that you identify in the archetype as a naturalist, primarily or multiple aspects. I don't. I don't know about uh, primarily, although I am wearing national shirt <laughs> today. My my T-shirt is from Yosemite. So um, yeah, I think I probably identify with the artist more than that Uh, but there's there's connections with the more time you spend with the archetypes you see that there's connections there's overlap Mm -hmm. you know um there's overlap with the with the naturalist and and the mystic and the artist you know i mean um you find interesting things uh connection points in there and again those were all made up categories Mm -hmm. they're not biblical categories they're extra biblical categories, which doesn't make them wrong. It's just that uh, when we come to Scripture, sometimes we look at it as we study it, we say, what is God trying to teach us here in a, what's what's a big idea that God is trying to give us here? Mm-hmm. And as we look at different personalities through Scripture, that's where we derive the archetypes. I'm sure there's a bajillion more. We could call them yeah. anything we want. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do resonate predominantly, I think, with the artist, gotcha. um, with the naturalist. Probably the dreamer uh, is yeah. is a big part of uh, who I think God's made me to be. Yeah. So around the table, I'm just curious. First take, who did you identify with as John was talking through the archetypes? For me, when I applied to the poll, I grew, it was the uh, was it the celebrant? Ah, uh, yeah. Was that Aaron? Yes, Aaron. Keeping the keeping the lamps lit. Yeah. <laughs> that right. really comes as a shocker. To I know. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, and I, I think I just like I'm happy. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was that was the one that I feel like I resonated with the most. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I'm part mystic, part monk, part artist. Yeah, I, I can be some sometimes in different days. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm more one or the other. Sure. 
And which again, is, which those is, ones are kind of, you know, like there's a hybrid right. archetype there yeah. that is Jameson that actually well, makes sense. And that's the fun part of if processing these different archetypes is, is right. It's like, what are my natural inclinations? Even if some days I'm, I'm more reflective, like how can I, how can I use these in conversation and, and get to know myself a little bit more in, at the same time? Yeah. That's good. I found myself to be a monk but also an activist at the same time, mm-hmm. which is kind yeah. of, which seems like they go I'm against each other. Too. Yeah, like when, when John was talking about, you know, if you're the person who has all the political signs, you know, in front of your, in your yard right now, you might be an activist. I said, yeah, I have about three of them right now. So, um, yeah. but also so the monks. who are you voting for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I can drive in front of my house and see. So. <laughs> so, rather, who should I vote for? <laughs> <laughs> Stand in the gap for John. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Oh, that's good. I love that. So it was funny because activists was one of the, uh, throughout the weekend, all four gatherings, it w- the least amount of people were activists, um, which must drive an activist crazy. <laughs> right? Don't you want everybody to be an activist? It's like, come on, does, does nobody else see what's going on here? Which I think is uh, it's so beautiful to recognize that in, in yourself. I think that's, that's good. Yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah, I think I identified with the intellectual and the uh, monk, so I can retreat, and silence is something that I really value. I think the furthest thing for me was the artist, and I mm. think I'm a closet activist, <laughs> which is that I don't put the signs in my front yard, but I have a lot of opinions about everything. <laughs> so, so, but yeah, I found that super valuable, especially the overlap, which, it, which I'm curious, because one of the things that came to mind for me uh, and I talked to you a little bit about this in the lobby, was the idea of how does, let's say, an activist in God talk communicate to someone else? Do they communicate with activist language, or do they identify the archetype of someone else and com- try and communicate in that archetype's language? So uh, activists yeah. trying to speak artists, or yeah. do they just stick with their activist language, even if it may not resonate with where someone else is. Yeah. Well, I think it's both and, right? I mean, so the danger is, um, and we kind of got to this uh, by the end of it, you know, recognizing what you're not Mm -hmm. is uh, equally as important because if the activist uh, is constantly speaking activist speak and wants everybody to be them, uh, they're just going to end up making everybody angry most of the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or people are going to feel like, and so if you're talking about God and you're always approaching it from this angsty, uh, you know, not that all activists are angsty. That's not what I mean. But, uh, you know, pointing out the injustices or the things that, like, that's part of, uh, that can be part, even if you're super duper kind as an activist. If you're always talking like that, then you're going you're gonna to lose people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, part of the, the deal, too, in recognizing who you are is to know when your voice is going to be just bouncing off the walls. Mm-hmm. You know, if I speak like this, not everybody is going to connect with me. And so trying, I think, to enter their world and, and, and even asking an artist how they might be part activist. You know, I mean, you, mm-hmm. can, you can look at an artist uh, and you can examine their paintings right. as an activist sure. and go, I won't, oh, you know what? I think we have something here in common. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. like, I, I see yeah. them, them speaking out against things, you know. If you eat Banksy, you know, um, 
uh, he would, I'm sure, say he's an activist, right. but also an artist. But uh, let's just pretend yeah. we didn't know that. Right. Um, you certainly pick up activist themes. For sure. Mm -hmm. Now you have a connection. Yeah, I think that, like you said, like for you as an artist, even like a Ryan as an intellectual, you could see something about Ryan that he may not see about himself because in his intellectual world, you know, if it's like this book study you're going through and you're, you're pouring so much time into it, John as an artist might say, hey, you're an artist. Look at what you're, you're shaping sure. and you're crafting and you're, you're yeah. pulling these things out and, and vice versa. Like, look at, you know, you made this great piece, John, but look at how intellectual you're about it and you can have some crossover there and totally. boom, conversation happens. Yeah. Yeah, but none of that can happen without awareness. Sure. Because right. that's yeah. the importance of it, is understanding who you are yeah. in, in Jesus and yeah. who God Absolutely. made you to be. Um, talk a little bit more about uh, the poema. Because mm -hmm. I was craving that. What'd you call me? <laughs> <laughs> so, in all fairness, uh, this is one of those words that is kind of uh, debated. It's not sure. widely used in yep. Scripture. It only shows up a couple of times. You kind of have to go outside of Scripture and look at how this word is used in Greek language. So, mm -hmm. poema uh, is the word that we have translated. Uh, we talked about this week about being God's handiwork. Mm -hmm. Or, if you're a King James lover, uh, God's workmanship. Um, right? Um and the idea is, um, this is where the debate comes in, is um, I think some people often think that poema is, is softened to be this, um, you know, strictly you're God's poem. Mm -hmm. You know, you're this beautiful thing. Um, and, and I think people get um, upset when it just kind of becomes internal, like self-helpy and, mm -hmm. right, yeah. that kind of thing. Although there is that beautiful angle to it, um, I think the other side of the coin is this magnificence, this um, this unique, and at the same time so absolutely diverse and intricate, and, and it's a it's a masterpiece, right? So you are God's masterpiece, and and you see the word used um, in literature as um, like a woven fabric, as a tapestry, um, a, a complex tapestry. Um, so yeah, I think I, I think all of the nuances are fun. I think if you, you know, anytime you do a word study, if you dig into one thing and say this is exactly what it means, right. you know, then I don't know, guys. I think there's interesting words that are used in scripture. Again, used through the personalities of people that mm -hmm. God chooses uh, to to write His word. That just the greatest thing about them is they create conversation for us. Mm -hmm. You know, here we are sitting around the table talking about being God's handiwork. You know, how often does that happen? Well, you know, you kind of start peeling back the layers. Yeah. Well, I think one of the beautiful things about that word and what you're describing is even if you do, you know, you guys workmanship, or mm -hmm. his handiwork, or his poem, the way you define poema resonates differently mm -hmm with different people because sure. the artist, you know, that poem language, that the uniqueness of that, the beauty of that. And that's not to say that in say a more carpentry image that there's not beauty and there's not artistry in that, but there can also be this very much like systems mm -hmm. and kind of structure and ru almost ruggedness. Yeah, yeah. Exactness to it. And it just paints a, a little bit different of a picture all pointing to the same thing, but just, 
helping us to understand it in a different way that maybe resonates right with us differently. And I think that there's something really cool, especially tying that into that archetype mm-hmm. aspect of we're all unique, we're all different. There's gonna be things that resonate differently with each one of us, but that point is all in the same mm-hmm. direction. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. So what uh, do you wish you could have spent more time on in the message? What what do you wish that you could on the weekend have been like I really wish I had more time for this. Yeah. Well, it's funny. We get together on Monday mornings uh, and we evaluate <laughs> the messages. Um, and I felt about our evaluation uh, today, I felt I, I came to the table with my own conclusions about how, you know, what I thought and what mm-hmm. I wish I spent more time on. And I do realize and recognize it was a fire hose of information mm-hmm. uh, this week. Uh, so I guess if I had more time to spend, I would just go deeper into every single one of those. Mm-hmm. And Ryan, I think you said this morning um, it could have been a series on its own. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but so what I was trying to do is to say, oh my goodness, I, it, like it, I was trying to do the fire hose. Yeah. God is using so many different mm-hmm. personalities to tell His story. Yeah. Uh, and trying to give us the freedom to go, oh my goodness, I, I don't have to be, um, I don't have to have this spiritual inferiority mm-hmm. or superiority complex. Know that God is telling His story. But that's what I do. I would dig deeper into every single one of those. Sure. And then maybe try to find some connections mm-hmm. uh, with others. Um, somebody asked me how this might uh, tie into spiritual gifts. There's a whole angle that you can uh, do there, you know, with. How has God gifted us? There's some specific gifts listed in Scripture, and I also think that there's freedom for other spiritual gifts in Scripture. Um, I got the the question about love languages and how that might fit in with this, um, or spiritual pathways. I think you and I were talking about that, Josh. Uh, Yeah. I mean... um, I mean, you could probably even go. There's probably connections with Myers Briggs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sure. Strengths finders yeah. and all. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just sure. they're just all different ways to look at how we're uniquely wired up and made. And yeah, no one is right or wrong or better than the other. They're just all different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, helping you know how to interact with each other and, mm-hmm. in this case, interact with God. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it seems like there's like opportunities for us to see um, how each can complement each other um, in different types of circumstances and. And I think also maybe to not only look at ourselves, but also as we look at others to say, you know, this is where, this is why God is uniquely equipped this person because, not not because they're just this way, but because this is this is how he created them. This is his masterpiece. And um, to, to not look through eyes of judgment, but through, you know, through more of eyes of acceptance towards each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny, I mean, I kind of, uh, give some clues I think every once in a while for those who know me um, like when I was talking about the dreamer to mm-hmm. say that sometimes people look at the dreamer and go oh my goodness you're absolutely crazy well I was talking about myself yeah. I mean yeah. people, people say that about me so I was kind of like we're all in this together guys right you understand it people have told you this um, and I think um, but there's also things that I have learned going through this process where I'm like I need to be patient with personalities and styles uh, that I don't necessarily resonate. Mm-hmm. I need to really um, try to understand people better. Right. Um, because if I'm going to continue to tell the story of God to people, uh, you know, every time you, you meet somebody new, you're on this discovery mm-hmm. process. And um, 
And you want to be sensitive to those yeah. things, yeah. knowing how God has created them. I thought it was interesting that um, I felt like there was some overlap from last weekend's in the sense of last weekend you talked about like the effect of busyness and how that influences our God talk and, and that we don't often slow down to humanize people yeah. and, and those things. And that the whole archetype practice forces you to slow down. Um, as you, you know, we're all aware of our own archetype leanings and those things, but to engage in God talk, we have to slow down to learn the archetype of those that we're engaging with and how to communicate with them. And it seems to be a kind of a recurring theme of slowing down. And I'm curious in God talk, why do we wrestle so much with urgency? Why does it seem that we rush? Is that is that a spiritual thing? Is that a theological thing? Or is that a cultural thing? And we're just rushing people that never slow down and, and fail to humanize other people because we're so preoccupied with ourselves. Mm-hmm. You guys have some thoughts on that? <laughs> well, I think yes to all those things. I think... If you look around, it does not take you long to see in our culture that we are a rushed culture. And I think a bird just flew into our window. He was, <laughs> he was rushed. Yeah, he was, rushed. He was trying he to get away from get something. <laughs> um, you know, I can look at my own life. I can look at the lives of the people that I are in my circle of mm-hmm. friends, and we're always, always busy. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know. I don't know what it just happened again. Um, <laughs> Clearly, he's trying to get in. This isn't. I don't talk with the bird. Yeah. I don't know where this um, started in church history, but yeah, there's this the the um, the idea of like making the sale. You referenced that in week mm-hmm. one yeah. when it comes to sharing our faith mm-hmm. and loving people and talking about Jesus. It's like, all right, we got to make the sale. We got to get mm-hmm. that get that conversion. You know, yeah. and yeah. Um, I just don't think you see that in the scriptures right. as, as our example. And so yeah. I, it, it's come up in our theological culture in that way too. Totally. Um, and I don't, I don't think that's the best way to approach God talk mm-hmm. as trying yeah. to make the sale, as yeah. trying to convince somebody to jump onto your side. Right. Um, right. You look at, you know, you look at debates, even like on the, um, on the political circle or, or sometimes I'll watch like theological debates and, you just don't see people changing their mind. <laughs> like, right. that's not something that you see happen. Yeah. You see people that are, like, very right. strongly entrenched on this side mm-hmm. arguing their point, and you see people who are really strongly entrenched on this side arguing their point. Both are making a lot of sense to the people who agree with them <laughs> and no sense to the people who disagree with them. And then you're done. Like, and that's the end of it. Right. I just don't, that's, we don't. You should approach God talk yeah. like it's a political debate. Yeah. Right. Um, well, yet another thing we can learn from Jesus, he had people following him around constantly, just waves of just barrage of information and requests and shouts and all these things, and he constantly just sat down, just stayed in one, you know, he would get food for people. Yeah. Right? Like, Jesus was counterculture in that way, too, and it's happened for thousands of years since then, right? Like, Another thing we can learn from Jesus is take that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I'm saying essentially we have to eat food with people. So. There, yeah, I love it. Well, that's but, a big deal. That's, yeah. a, that's a huge thing. Jesus knew people were hangry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's like we have a culture, I mean, you know, to put on my communication hat, I mean, we're on a culture where information is instantaneous. Mm-hmm. Uh, communication is in- instantaneous. I mean, we have something called Instagram for that reason. <laughs> and and people are not actually meeting together, you know, as much as it, anywhere, even if they live in the same town. And so to, you know, Jameson's point that Jesus spent time with people and, and that time was was so valuable and and conversations and you know just just knowing people mm-hmm. and um, and not assuming we know them already because of maybe what they posted or you know said in passing or whatever but just really understanding mm-hmm. each other mm-hmm. well yeah I mean Jesus really you know could have saved you some sermon prep time been like Jesus fits all these <laughs> because you look at you know that aspect of it but then Jesus also he retreated like mm-hmm. he he took time for himself he'd retreat mm-hmm. to mountains to pray and you know that kind of monk aspect would come out in solitude and really engaging god and, and jesus was an activist yeah. and he would get out and he would actively pursue things and speak up against injustice mm-hmm. and those things um and i think that in that it's urgency is counterintuitive to the gospel mm-hmm. in many ways and, and i think that we have a culture that has placed the urgency of culture mm-hmm. and, and I think this predominantly came around from the 70s yeah, in I agree some of the movements of the church then um, all all well-intentioned absolutely absolutely all um, all with a desire to be able to concisely know at what point we have shared the good mm-hmm. news right and given people the tools that they need to make a decision to follow right. Jesus. Yeah. But, you know, full of holes. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And it's out, it has become something that we've become preoccupied with. And uh, that the danger and urgency is for every one person in your urgent pursuit that you may engage for Jesus, how many are you ostracizing mm-hmm. for not pacing, for not being in relationship and humanizing those people in your God talk because we try and make everything so formulaic, you know, it's a quick three-step process, just like changing your oil. It's like, well, if I can get through these three steps in my God talk, then, then I've done my job. And, you know, so if you go to hell, it's not my problem anymore because I, I gave you those three steps. And so I can check it off my list rather than being like, let's engage in a relationship in a conversation let me understand who you are and what your archetype mm-hmm. is and how to navigate that. And this is who I am and yeah. the beauty of that. Um, I think we, we don't see that very often anymore. And I bet anybody who is excited about this series or about in, engaging in new ways to, to pursue God talk, they weren't a part of that three-step process. Uh, I wasn't. That's what right. brought me to a re- relationship with Jesus because I was invited in a unique way mm-hmm. and in a personal way. Yeah. Yeah, it's super important. Well, any final thoughts? Nope. 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 All right. Well, thanks for joining us this week. We hope that you enjoyed it. We'll see you next week uh, for our God Talk vodcast. All right. Bye.